I'm Samuel Davis Jr. Welcome to the Black and Blue Podcast. A black man wearing the police uniform of blue can be painful. The mission of this podcast is to understand the necessity of proper policing and fair treatment for everyone. Black and blue is a delicate balance with the scales of justice never reaching all people. These are my stories. This is my journey, a 28-year career in law enforcement that's led to making a difference in the lives of others. One graveyard night I was working in South Sacramento as a patrol officer. That's where I started my career in South Sacramento as a rookie on the street wearing my dark blue uniform and seeing everything that goes on on the street as a police officer. This was that time. I think it was a time of being even more fearless <laughs> than I really am, to be honest with you. Uh, meaning, um, just you're, you're dealing with a plethora of police calls, and there's certain ways that, you know, you, you have to work yourself to get these things correct to be able to, to have the right answer, to be able to, you know. And this is, I think experience has everything to do with what I'm talking about, is you, you go to a call, you experience a certain thing, and then the next time you get that very similar call, you can draw a reference from what you have experienced in your past, and you can try to, you know, patch up and work on police calls in that way. And that's probably the best way to do it, because there's nothing better in the job as a police officer is having the experience of dealing with certain things, because the next time you have to deal with it, you're going to have at least an advantage because you've experienced things like that before. And this particular night, working graveyard, in the area of Valley High and Mac Road, there was a store where uh, there was a guy that just got robbed. His food stamps were stolen from him and some money, a couple more things. They beat him up really good. There was three suspects that did this. So this was like at the corner. The store was pretty close by. I just had a feeling that if I drove by the store or parked close to the store, I would see the suspects of this robbery. And it's, again, one of those things that you learn with experience. And you learn that, okay, well, if I hang out here, there's a good possibility that, you know, the suspects are going to come through here and I'll be able to identify them and hopefully be able to take them into custody. One of the things that scared me on this call, though, is in this robbery, one of the suspects had a shotgun. And it was a sawed-off shotgun, which was illegal to carry. I wasn't worried about it being illegal at all. I was more worried about how it was going to be used. Um, it was already used as a threat in a robbery, and I didn't know who these suspects were. So something told me to just hang out around this particular store. It was a grocery store. Usually had a good crowd of people in it. So I parked in the parking lot and just waited. About 10 minutes later, I see these three men fitting the description of the robbers in this particular call. I let other officers know what I saw. I let them know on the radio. Everybody came over. I started 
watching as they walked away. And then I actually maneuvered my car behind them. Now, remember, I'm not 100% sure if these are the suspects, but they look exactly like how the suspects were described by the victim. And honestly, that's the only thing that I had to go on at that time. But when you have people identified and they fit the description of that, you, as a police officer, must investigate those people because they could really be involved. As soon as I got behind them, within a matter of seconds, they took off running in three different directions. I followed the person in the middle, and I had a couple other partners that chased the other two. So I'm running, and at this point in time in my life, I'm in pretty good shape. It's 1991, (laughs) and I could run (laughs) during that time. And I'm chasing this person, and again, you have to think so many things. You have to understand that this person might have a shotgun. Is he the one with the shotgun because there's two others? Are these the right people? I'm hoping so because they look exactly like the the victim described them. So it's a possibility that it's them. I'm thinking it's a really good possibility. So I continued to give chase. The person that I was chasing was probably about five foot six, maybe about 170 pounds, 160 pounds. So just with what I'm describing to you, you could probably tell he's a pretty agile guy, pretty active, athletic type of guy. I'm kind of a bigger guy um, as I weigh over 200. And it really didn't matter during that time because I was going to chase him no matter how far he ran until this happened. He got to a fence. He jumped the fence. It was a iron rod type fence. It was pretty durable, you could tell. But as soon as he jumped the fence um, and landed on the other side and took off running again, I saw out of the corner of my eyes the shotgun hit the ground and slide about four or five feet in my direction. I'm thinking to myself, that's a shotgun. But I knew that the victim said that is a possibility that, well, the victim got robbed with a, by a person with a shotgun. So I knew the victim, what the victim said was going to be accurate. But I just didn't know that out of those three that were running, the one that I was chasing was the one in question, the one with the shotgun. When that shotgun hit the ground, it got my attention. I start thinking, am I really giving chase to this dude with a sawed-off shotgun? He can't turn around and get it because I'm chasing him, so that's one positive thing. There was another officer behind me, so I got on my radio and told that officer to make sure that they stand by that sawed-off shotgun and don't move it. So I continued. Jumped the fence. I was only feet behind this suspect got to an area where I kind of felt he'd have to be in this particular area because I didn't see him anymore and that's what happens a lot of times Um, suspects will duck down and hide so they won't be seen by the police 
So in some nearby bushes, myself and my partner pulled him out. So basically, we pulled him out by giving him verbal commands, and he followed those, and we walked him back towards us, and we handcuffed him and took him into custody. This job can be crazy dangerous at times. I'm sitting here doing my job, chasing this suspect, and in my mind, not necessarily understanding that this is a guy that could stop, turn around, and fire and kill me. Those thoughts didn't come until later, but they definitely came. And for those who don't understand the dangers of this job, I'm telling you, it, it, it can be quite extraordinary sometimes to have to do these things. And I'm lucky enough that I was able to do it. Again, I try to handle everything with positivity and a lot of love. And of course, this particular person, I don't have a problem with this person. This person's a criminal, and that's just what it is. You rob somebody, and so whatever comes from that, then that's what you have to deal with. But I always know that there's a deeper issue. I get that. But on its face, on the surface, that's what we had that night. And police officers never understand they will never know the danger of a person that they're dealing with until that call is over. And I was happy that that call was over, and it made me understand something. It made me understand that people do carry weapons, and some do not like the police. And you put yourself in harm's way because that's what the job has you doing. So you always have to think the, the most positive things. And it's calls like this that makes you aware for the next call that you might experience.